Hello and welcome to MacBytes episode 41. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode, buzzing pink fingers. Well, I did get accused of telling adult jokes, so I had to get it in. Get it in? Get on with it before we're taking off the air. Uh, ladies first. <clears throat> Touché. Ah, oh, right. Okay, then. Well, catching up on a few things from uh, the last episode, uh, I was recommended a wonderful solution to the bookmarks dilemma for my poor father. Um, quick resume, it was um, he now has two computers which he's trying to use at the same time and scarily doing spookily well uh, and his bookmarks were causing a problem because he doesn't have mobile me. Well, Ian from Digital Outbox and Gav Richardson on Twitter both came up with the same solution of X marks and it's brilliant. I've created an account for him and um, not looked back since. So I can highly recommend that one. Um, I had heard of it before, but I, I don't know what I thought it was, but not what it actually is. So I was really impressed with that. Very, very good. Yeah, I've not tried it. Um, I'm going to stick with mobile me, I think, just for its ease of use. The thing with X marks is it works with uh, other browsers. So if you could actually do anything with that thing you use at work that's locked down, um, you could actually synchronise to there as well. Uh, yeah, let's not even go there after my issues this week. No, we won't. But what I'm saying is it's got cross-browser support, which is very handy. Mm, good. Anyway, as we all know, Elaine's not a girly-girly, are you? No, but this week, laughing in the face of the Pink Stinks campaign, we have been advised of the imminent arrival of a tech-enabled Barbie doll. Yes, Barbie I can be computer engineer. Stop sniggering. Yes, it's replete with pink laptop, a pink shirt, pink watch, pink glasses, pink trimmed jacket. Are you seeing the trend here? I certainly am. And something else talking of pink, I'm sure it was a Windows 7 advert that I saw the other night with a pink laptop in it. That wouldn't surprise me. But it gets worse than that. There's a whole range of these dolls. I don't suppose they're all as bad as the tech one, but we have News Anchor Barbie. Uh, newborn baby doctor Barbie, rock star Barbie, dentist Barbie and babysitter a Barbie. And yes, they're all covered in pink as well. I give up. I really do give up. It's lazy. Whoever designs these things, you know, think outside the box. Think different. They see that that brings it back to being Apple related. Mm. Anyway, we've got a great link that Carrie found um, on the Times Online and that kind of sums it up. It's a very intelligent look at uh, the pink stinks debate. So, um, yeah, I wasn't impressed this week with that. And, and the, this doll isn't even available yet. It's going on back order till October. So we're probably going to be bombarded with adverts for it between now and then. Did we have this with Action Man? Did he wear pink? Uh, not to my knowledge, but I, I just mean different versions. Oh, uh, yes, yes, there were. There was one with the grippy hands, wasn't there? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't, didn't it have, uh, we're getting off the subject now, are we? But didn't it have a bionic eye or was that something different? It did, it did. And on the back of its head, with its little crew cut hairstyle, it had um, a little black switch. And when you moved it side to side, the eyes moved at the front. It was incredibly spooky. Um, I actually must admit, I did have an action man. <clears throat> Told you I wasn't a girly girly. No, I had an action man. <laughs> we must put a link in that um, D Shorts gave me from Matt Crack to um, a brilliant advert. Uh, it's definitely not work safe, but it's very, very funny. And it's all to do with Barbie and Ken. So we must put that in the show notes. So shall we get this back onto some sort of semblance of tech? I think we should. 
Although I do think that there could possibly be a market for an action man wearing pink. Uh, mm. But anyway, right. I mentioned a while back um, Adobe products. Boo, hiss. Yes, I thought so. No, 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 no. What it was, um, you have to activate your Adobe products, which I'm not a fan of. Everybody knows it's a pet peeve of mine, along with pink. Um, the problem I had with it was not only did you have to activate your product and likewise deactivate it when you came to uninstall it, at least they give you that option. A lot of these companies who have activated products don't give you the deactivation. Obviously, if your hard drive's failed, uh, you can't deactivate. But assuming that what you want to do is deactivate on machine number one so you can install on machine number two um, you could do that but there was an unwritten limit of 20 activations and deactivations so in a situation where I might be taking a laptop out on the road for training purposes um, I, I could use up 20 deactivations within six months so um, the good news is this week that uh, the limit has been removed yeah yeah so it's still activated software, sadly, but um, mm. yeah, I know they've got they've got to look after their intellectual property. Um, but the, at least the limit's been removed, so you can deactivate and activate as much as you like. They actually had to put in a whole new deactivation server for that, so uh, it's there and apparently it's working. So I'll put a link in where you can read more about that. And while we're on the topic of Adobe, yes, whisper it. I saw a fantastic mug this week. Yes, a physical mug, cup, coffee, think. Um, which uh, I was put onto actually by somebody who works at Adobe and they adore this mug. Um, it actually says on it, evil and lazy. And that's not referring to you. No, no, obviously <laughs> not. Obviously not. No. Um, anybody who's been following the news will know that um, Steve Jobs has expressed an opinion on his uh, rival companies, uh, Google and Adobe, and he called one evil and the other lazy. And this mug has to be seen to be believed, but it's really funny. The word evil is written in a style not un not, not dissimilar, shall we say, to the Google logo. And the lazy is split into two. Um, it's split into two. It has L-A on a square uh, of a certain colour and the Z-Y on another square of a certain colour, which looks remarkably similar to two new products in the creative suite, L-A and Z-Y. So um, you've got to see the mug. It's really funny. And uh, they're going like hotcakes to people who work in Adobe, apparently. I'll stick with my MacBytes mug, I think. I should think you would, absolutely. Because I'm neither evil nor lazy. No, you're not, no. Uh, anyway, what on earth is going on in the world of tech journalism? What happened to trust, veracity and integrity? Yes, in recent weeks we've heard um, all about the TechCrunch intern admittedly seeking recompense in the form of hardware for writing favourable reviews. And now uh, the CTO of Devil Mountain Software, one Craig Barth, turns out he doesn't exist at all. He's been unmasked as the alter ego of Randall C. Kennedy, a long-time InfoWorld columnist. What on earth is going on? How can you um, pretend to interview yourself and get away with it? Um, you know, if you want to uh, do that, uh, fair, fine, that's up to you if you have no integrity at all. But how does he get away with it? And I noticed that you were saying that you'd seen some stuff that he used to write in the alter ego for NT magazine. Yeah, that was uh, quite a few years ago, but uh, it's it's just come to the surface now, hasn't it? So I don't know how long it's been going on for. Well, over 10 years at least. I just find that completely incredible. Um, you know, if, if I was less scrupulous than I am, obviously, I'm squeaky clean, I'd capitalise on this pink stinks thing. I could open an Amazon shop and list all the things that are pink and, and make a fortune. 
That'd be well cool. Yeah, well, that it might be, but I've got more integrity than that. So I, I think not only does pink stink, but I think that kind of thing stinks as well. It really does. It really annoys me, that kind of thing. Talking of scruples, um, or was this a genuine mistake? Um, do you remember the Apple Care issue? Uh, must have been, what, four or five weeks ago? Yeah, about that. With Woolworths. Um, somebody came on Twitter and said... No was... names mentioned, Gaz. <coughs> I was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just came straight out with it. Okay. But uh, they were selling Apple Care for something ridiculous like £25, £30. Which, and, yes, uh, you could well have thought was a mistake. Um, and if it was, then fair enough. But what happened after that shows that they really were lacking in scruples, didn't it? Yeah, they, they failed to deliver. Um, and they also, I think, kept you. Didn't they, they didn't they take your, your delivery charge? Yeah, how it worked apparently, because I followed this on the forum, I was very interested, because I thought this has got to be a mistake, but then maybe not, you never know. Um, because we should also say that I thought Woolworths had gone bust. Um, if this is their standard practice, I'm not surprised that the retail arm did indeed go bust. That was my first thought when you said, would you trust Woolworths to sell the Apple Care <laughs> for £30? I said, well, they did go bust, so um, no. Yeah, but that kind of added to it. Maybe it was true um, because they, it could have been a stock clearance or something. So, yeah. Back of a lorry job. Well, yes, as was proved. <laughs> yes, what they did was apparently um, that the pages went on and on and on. And I couldn't believe that the mainstream media didn't pick up on this because it really is sort of sharp practice. They didn't uh, charge the credit cards with the full amount, but what? Yes, what they did do was take a delivery charge, which I think was around four pounds, something like that. Um, that they sent out confirmations uh, initially, I believe, but then they didn't send out any confirmations to say the order had been dispatched or anything. People were having trouble logging into the site. I assume. The sheer weight of people trying to get this Apple Care at a bargain price um, kept taking the site down. Then the products disappeared from the site and people were a little bit concerned, but nobody had had any cancellation from Woolworths. So at that stage, it was a case of, well, they've taken the order and they've debited the credit card to prove that it's a valid credit card, uh, for, although that was just for the postage. Um, so it's a case of wait and see. And it took over a week, apparently, for some people before they found that, yes, they'd been charged for delivery. And then on their account, there were some strange um, messages that kind of didn't, it wasn't written in um, the kind of language that a customer would understand. It was all sort of codes and things that probably meant more to the Woolworth staff. But the upshot of it was, yes, it had been a mistake and they had no intention of supplying it. Um, they also, during that two weeks uh, by this stage, weren't making any movements whatsoever to returning everybody's £4 for postage. Um, so I believe some people had to get onto them and uh, sort of request that that be refunded. Eventually, re refunds started coming through, but at no point did they ever apparently contact anybody with an explanation. And if apparently, if you didn't contact them, then this £4 was going to be charged to your credit card as well. Sharp practice or accidental. Well, either way, if you've made a mistake with the, the price that you've put on your website, um, from my legal days, I know the, per the purchaser cannot insist that they purchase at that price. Um, it's called making an offer and they have to accept the offer, not the other way around. But even so, charging a credit card 
and keeping it and then not telling you um, after the event, that's really bad. If you've made the initial mistake and it was a genuine mistake, then come clean, say so, refund everybody's money, big apologies and maybe a voucher or something, you know, to um, keep them happy for the future. So uh, I think that's really bad. It is. It's poor form. And like you say, I'm surprised nobody picked it up in the media because there's been plenty of stories in the past with similar things where I'm, I think Kodak uh, put the price of something on a, on a website incorrectly um, and it was picked up. And in that instance, I'm sure that they actually honoured um, the, the people who'd already purchased at that price. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I must admit, I, I don't tend to read these things too much um, when they're in the mainstream media because you, you read it and it's all half-truths and, and made up. But um, I would have expected this to be have been picked up because it was Woolworths. Um, knowing that they'd gone bankrupt last year and that they're now online only, um, I'd have thought that well, made a perfect story. And given the fact there was dozens and dozens of pages on this thread from people who were very, very unhappy. Seems strange that they didn't, but um, poor show there by Woolworths, I think. Oh, and talking of poor form. Oh, yes, the debacle that Aperture 3 was. I was quite excited about Aperture 3. It's been two years since the last update, and it was announced on the 9th, which was the day that Macworld started. My first problem was I wanted to try the trial uh, straight away. And uh, I duly completed the form and I never got an email back at all. Um, I knew I was going to have to buy it because I've got clients that use it. So I wasn't too concerned that I didn't get the trial immediately. I just placed an order online. It took a few days. It arrived on the 12th, which was the Friday, and I installed it straight away. It lasted probably around an hour. And most of that time it spent... Um, well, how could I possibly explain it? Uh, it crashed the machine. It was eating memory. Um, I tried everything that people had said, which was, you know, some people are saying this is a great update. I mean, feature-wise it is. It's, it's a really good update. Um, but they're saying they've got no problems at all. Well, you know, that, that's your experience. It wasn't my experience. My experience was very, very poor with it. I didn't try converting a library. I'm not that insane. Um, I created a new library. It was empty. I imported one photo and you stood over my shoulder and said, what have you done to the machine? It was that bad, wasn't it? You actually saw it. Yeah. Uh, and you can break even good software, can't you? I can, actually. I, I, I really do. But um, sadly, this didn't fall into the category of good if you consider being ready for release a requirement for good. So uh, at the moment, it's still languishing on my hard drive. Uh, I don't really have to worry about um, compatibility with Aperture 2 and stuff because mainly I use Lightroom. Um, I do use Aperture for creating products. So um, I'm lucky I can leave it there and uh, go to a different machine and use it. But uh, if you've gone out and you've bought that, there's a lot of disappointed people out there. So I really hope Apple pull their fingers out and get an update out to that very, very quickly. Um, so the people who have purchased straight away get to use their toys, not really on at all. But, ever hopeful, I moved on from uh, that debacle to Lust After More Tech. Yes, this time it's um, a Fujitsu ScanSnap S1300, which is a portable version of the scanner that I have, and it's brand new. Um, unusually for Fujitsu, it's cross-platform, because we had a Fujitsu scanner, and it only worked on Windows, unless you were very brave and installed that hideous driver Japanese thing. Driver. Yeah, it didn't work for us, did it? But I do know that um, one of our listeners, Derek, got that working, and that really impressed me. Uh, we got as far as the driver was installed, but it had Japanese menus. 
and we couldn't get past the had Japanese menus which you know if it's French or German you kind of manage don't you but Japanese I had no chance so uh, we gave up with that and we actually got um, Mac ones but I think it's good this is cross-platform because if you think like you where you're a slider at work you may be able to take well obviously you wouldn't because you can't install anything but a normal person who had a windows machine that they used at work could just plug it in and they could scan there as well so it does look very portable not as portable i suppose as it could be um, but one of the killer features i i'd love to see this work i really would and um, they promise it can reverse engineer excel files so you're the excel guru what do you think of that that actually sounds rather cool. So you you just scan a, um, a, a scan of an Excel file and it, it just puts it all into the cells? That's the theory. But I'm wondering how on earth... I, I mean, I suppose... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're ahead of me, aren't you? I'm wondering how it's going to do formulas. <laughs> exactly. How would it know which was a formula and which wasn't? So I, um, I think what it might do is just take the results of the formula and put those in the cell. Um, I'd actually rather it did that than, than try and guess what the formula was. But yeah. maybe it's that intelligent. Maybe it's got artificial intelligence. I don't know. Maybe it's going to reverse engineer a pivot table back to the raw data. I don't think so. You never know. See, you've mentioned pivot tables now. That's me gone. Don't, don't, don't like pivot tables. Should we stay on the Microsoft theme? Do we have to? Um, we don't have to. No, but go on. Little story here. Um, yeah, from the 1st of March next week, actually, uh, you'll be able to get, when I say you, Windows users, be able to get a choice, uh, if you're in the EU, of which browser to use. Of course, irrelevant in lockdown corporate environments where they use IE for security reasons, don't they? Yes, I've already tried to get Firefox and it lasted a day before it got um, remotely whipped off my laptop. Unceremoniously. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a real pity because, I mean, IE, there's just so many sites now that don't work at all in it. I, I suppose you might be better with seven or eight. Um, I actually tried to access a site. Um, <laughs> admittedly, it was a Microsoft site. Um, and I tried with Safari and then I realised the error of my ways. I went onto Firefox because it said, you know, this isn't compatible. Went onto Firefox. It then said Firefox wasn't compatible either. So I thought, well, you know, I can sit here all day if you can. I've got a large array of browsers. So I tried three or four and then I thought, you know, this isn't going to work without IE. So I went back to uh, Safari and I told it to tell Microsoft that it was IE8. Optimistic, I know. Um, and it just wouldn't work. Now, I've used that developer menu in Safari many times before and it's worked perfectly. So I really don't know what they've done with our site, but it was absolutely a horrendous experience so um no I, I couldn't be going back there i don't care if they're offering a choice of browsers what i'd need is a choice of os and um i don't think that would work for them no it's been a while but iphone iphone iphone, iPhone. Yes, I found a wonderful app this week, and it's free. Um, I actually have the desktop version of this application. It's iMindMap. And what they've done is they've made a mobile version for the iPhone. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mind mapping on the phone? Are you insane? Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I first saw it. That's exactly why I've steered away from... Uh, there's many more um, mind mapping applications in the Apple Store. Uh, I've... I've stayed away from them because I'm thinking there's just no way. You know, it would be far too fiddly. Um, and then you've got to get it off the phone and you'd have to have a compatible application on the desktop. I thought, no, 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 I'm not going there. Um, this one, they've been very clever. It's free. So some of the others that are in the store, um, you do have to pay for. This one's free. 
Uh, it's also the only mind mapping application endorsed by Tony Bazan, who invented mind maps. And as I say, it is a complement to the desktop application. Now, the desktop application is not cheap and it's activated. The other thing is it doesn't have the look and feel of a dedicated Mac app because it's Java based, because it's cross platform. And it's also hugely, hugely, when I said it wasn't cheap, it's hugely expensive. Um, there's uh, various versions and they range between £49 and £199. And there's names like Elements and Ultimate Plus Pack. It sounds like Windows. But um, yes, it promises compatibility. So you can mind map on the phone and then email them to yourself so you can carry on work on the desktop. So I had a look at it. I wasn't too hopeful, but I think they've been very, very clever by making it free because people will give it a go. Uh, it actually works very, very well. I was surprised. It's very quick. Uh, it's very intuitive. It's very much like the desktop version. So if you do use the desktop version, this will be a complete doddle. And given the size of the device, um, it's actually quite easy to work with. So if you're on the train or something and you are a mind map enthusiast, I can see that you could actually use this. Um, it would, of course, be the perfect app to take advantage of a mobile device with a bigger screen. Talking of which, iPad, 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 iPad. Yes, announced during our MacBytes live coverage of the Steve Note. Uh, are we having one? Oh, yes. Twins. Ah, sounds good to me. Of course, we've got to decide whether we're going to uh, go with the supposedly first release, which will be Wi-Fi only and sort out some connectivity, or whether to wait and go for the um, 3G model. So what do you think? Uh, I want to get my hands on it as soon as possible. I thought so. You usually do. Well, don't you? Well, yes, I suppose so. Mm. But the problem with that is our history with MiFi's. Yeah, we did have, as, as listeners will know, we did have a, my, a MiFi. MiFi. Is it MiFi or MiFi? MiFi. MiFi. We did have a MiFi from uh, 3, which lasted for about two days. We had a problem getting a signal uh, where we wanted to actually use it. So what we've started doing now is looking around. Um, which one was it? Was it Novatel? Yes. So we're looking at the Novatel, but uh, that's unlocked. So what I did today is I rang up a, a few companies trying to, to get a deal on um, on a SIM. It was an absolute nightmare. Uh, That's why most I asked you them, to do it. Yes, most of them didn't actually know what a, a MiFi was. No, you see, I'm a bear of very little patience. So I had to say it's it's like a dongle, and they, they kind of understood them. Uh, Vodafone, you ring them up, and it goes through to a recorded message, which says, um, please enter your account number or enter your, your phone number. So they obviously didn't want my business unless it was an actual, unless I was already a, a customer. Um, That's o2. a bit short-sighted, isn't it? Yeah. You can't become a customer unless you're a customer. Yeah, the uh, the, the guy on Oak Two customer services uh, sounded like he was um, wiping, <laughs> wiping his nose on his sleeve throughout the conversation. <laughs> well, there'll be a lot of people looking for work, won't they, now that the, the flu helpline's shut down. All those 16-year-olds will be looking for work in a call centre. Or McDonald's. Um... <laughs> O2's version of care in the community. <laughs> Yeah, free come on, sim come on, and every we burger. Get sued. <laughs> um, Virgin, I think, was the best bet, wasn't it? I'm saying nothing. 
<laughs> uh, apparently so, according to you. Yes. Uh, uh, watch this space. We'll let you know when we've got something. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You mean I've put you off completely and you've lost your way? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear me. Uh, anyway, on to software. Software. Yes, Google Buzz. Sounded like a very poor copy of Twitter to me. Um, it did eventually turn up in my Google account, but I haven't added any contacts to my Google account. Uh, yeah, but you're being a Johnny Got No Mates, but then so am I. I could. I didn't even look at it. I could claim security concerns, but the truth is, I really just don't use it for email. Yes, I know it's a Gmail account. Yeah, I have my reasons. Um, but so to me, there was no point adding my contacts there anyway. Um, I don't believe in sort of putting contact details up there for the sake of it. So I didn't, uh, which was a good plan in hindsight. Um, apparently, it defaulted to uh, creating a public friend list from your email contacts. What were they thinking? Um, even Now, this was a story that the mainstream media got hold of. The Guardian. Oh, yes, they were banging the drum about that. So um, they did get hold of that one and they had their say about the privacy concerns. So you're not going to use it? Nope. But I am loving Google Wave. Uh, yeah, I get the feeling you're the only person on the planet who's actually found a use for it. Oh, Google Wave is absolutely awesome. Yeah, um, I think you need to share the love with a demo. Promises, promises. Yes, OK, then I'll do a demo of it. <laughs> OK, I look forward to it. Now, uh, one piece of Apple kit that you haven't bought is a magic mouse. It's been rodent wars between myself and Andy. The MX Revolution versus the magic mouse. Mm, so much that he sent a long review to tempt you. He has, hasn't he? Right, I, shall I read this? You read it, I'll sit back. Oh, OK then. Right, so Andy in Surrey says... I bought my iMac in February 2009 when my PC decided it had had enough of the competition from Apple. I was also running a Mac Mini side by side with the PC. When I bought my iMac, I was tempted to buy it with a wireless keyboard, but I decided that the battery life might not be that great. Plus, the wired keyboard had a keypad. My sentiments exactly. 2009 rolls on and we're nearing autumn. The fall, as it's known on the other side of the pond. Apple released the Magic Mouse, a wireless mouse with just a curved, clear, white plastic surface for touch-sensitive finger gestures. Um, are we reviewing toys of an adult nature here? <laughs> we could be, couldn't we? Apparently. It's a work of art, let alone a functional mouse to attach to your Mac. By this time, my Mighty Mouse's scroll ball had been playing up, i.e. refusing to work. I had already fixed it a few times by rolling the upper side on a soft surface, hmm, which fixed it for a few weeks. I was getting annoyed with the Mighty Mouse, so the arrival of this beautiful magic mouse was my saviour. Yeah, I found the scroll ball on my Mighty Mouse actually stopped working. Um, my £2.50 Microsoft mouse was much better until I got my MX Revolution, that is. Well, I've killed six of those with those silly little ball things, um, so that's why I gave up on them. Uh, I gave up on them before the bank manager forced me to give up on them. They weren't cheap when you came to replace a Mighty Mouse. Anyway, onward with Andy. Reading more and more reviews of the Magic Mouse had also confirmed in my mind that I needed one. And when I say needed one, that's geek speak for I want one. You see that? I understand. Anyway, I needed one. I needed someone I could trust to confirm what in my mind was a must-have product. So, does Elaine of MacBytes fame go along to her nearest Apple store and play with this device? No, she doesn't. So I just had to go along and try it myself. By now it's December and we're getting into the Christmas present 
buying mode, which, as always, I hate. I hate shopping at the best of times, but visiting shops full of Christmas shoppers to me is a nightmare. Anyway, Mrs Andy knows that I like all things from the Apple stable, so it's agreed we'll go shopping in Kingston. Upon Thames, not Jamaica. Yeah, I did wonder that. Do you think there's an Apple store in the Caribbean? Mm. We could go and investigate. Anyway, back to Andy. And we can visit the Apple store. I presume there is an Apple store in Kingston? Yes, looks like it. So that I can try out the, the magic mouse. And if the creature is lovable, she would buy it for my Christmas pressing. We arrive at the Apple store, which as usual is very busy, full of kids, who are all there just to play, but I manage to get myself on an iMac with the said magic mouse connected. I play with the mouse, testing it with my finger gestures for scrolling, etc. I test all I can think of until such time that Mrs Andy, who by now must have been getting bored, and asks, well, do I like it or not? Uh, is this the geek's version of shoe shopping? Maybe Mrs Andy needs upgrading to the tech shopping enabled version. <laughs> anyway... Andy. Andy says, I answer, yeah, it's much, much better than the Mighty Mouse. I'll have one. We then find out from a staff member that they've sold out of Magic Mice. And I'd be better ordering one from the Apple online store. Mrs Andy was quickly dispatched to purchase a wireless keyboard, which was to become my Christmas prezi for this year. On arrival back home, I duly placed an order for the Magic Mouse, and two weeks later, it arrived. I unpacked it and followed the setup instructions, and I was in business. The Mighty Mouse had at last been replaced by the Magic Mouse, a far superior rodent for your Mac. To use the Magic Mouse once connected to your Mac is simplicity itself. For me, the main problem I have with mice, mainly on my work PC in the office, is that the wire keeps getting trapped on something on or behind the desk, and the movement of the mouse as a result is hindered. Being a wireless mouse is great. It just can't get hindered by its trailing wire. It doesn't have one. Together with my wireless keyboard, I now have a wireless desk, which I much prefer, even just for the aesthetic beauty. The Magic Mouse is much lower than a conventional mouse and means that your fingers are flatter and I don't get any finger strain using it, which I do from conventional mice. Scrolling window content's much more intuitive with the swipe of your finger up and down the clear touch sensitive surface don't start giggling again and feels much smoother than a conventional mouse, especially the Mighty Mouse with its awful scroll ball which, as mentioned earlier, has a tendency to get stuck. There's no noticeable buttons on the Magic Mouse as the surface is just one piece of clear white plastic. However, the whole surface acts as a button, which when pressed has a very positive click feedback. The Mac interprets the button down and button up events just as just the same as it does for other mice. The Magic Mouse, though, through the System Preferences mouse, can be set up for a secondary click, which I can't do without, because the whole surface of the Magic Mouse is touch-sensitive. Clicking the right-hand side of the mouse will give rise to a secondary click event. Once secondary clicking has been enabled. Before I started to use the wireless keyboard and mouse, and the reason I didn't get a wireless keyboard and mouse when I bought my iMac was because I thought the battery life of each device wouldn't be that great. However, as I write this review, it's the end of January, Oh dear, <clears throat> we've been a little bit dilatory with, with the episodes. And the battery indicators in Snow Leopard show the battery levels are at 81% and 83% for the keyboard and mouse respectively, which considering that I use my iMac most evenings and weekends is very good in my opinion. According to Apple, from its two AA batteries you should expect up to four months use for the Magic Mouse. The main gripe I had until recently with the Magic Mouse was when I put my iMac to sleep, I normally don't switch it off. And switching the Magic Mouse off once the iMac was asleep would cause the iMac to wake up from its slumber before being instructed to. 
I found to get around this small problem, switch off the Magic Mouse before putting the iMac into sleep mode. I would highly recommend the Magic Mouse, and if you haven't yet tried one, Elaine, I strongly suggest you do so in the not-too-distant future. Now, where are those lovely iPads due for release? So, are you convinced? It sounds great. But I love my MX Revolutions. I have a whole little family of them. You do. I'll go as far as to say I will try one. I promise. But the Apple stores are tinged too close to the shoe shops for comfort, so I shall have to prepare myself. I will report back. However, if I'm tempted to purchase, I'll be sending Andy the bill. So, on to feedback. And we've had quite a few comments, haven't we? We have indeed. Uh, we heard from Derek, who's hot on the heels of Gazmaz, tempting me with this gorgeous MacBook Pro docking station we discussed in the last show. Derek is now luring me to part with cash for what can only be described as a to-die-for MacBook Pro case. Actually, it was you he was tempting, but I was determined not to be left out. So Derek says um, he's got the Matthias laptop armour case. He says it's quite expensive, it's not very light, but it's very, very good protection. Apparently, the manufacturer claims you can drop it from 10 feet without damage to the laptop. But Derek said he's going to take their word on that one. Yes, I would too. Yes, that reminds me of that guy who smashed the phone on the side of the fish tank. Yes, exactly. So the unbreakable I, phone. I wouldn't be trying that anytime soon either. He said it's very stylish, but tight inside with only enough room for the charger headphones, um, presenter mouse and a couple of cables. But people like it. He's getting good comments about it. So we found a site, didn't we, so we could lust after it. And it does yeah, look gorgeous. It does. Uh, prices range from $80 to $180. But don't judge it by that. Go and have a look at the picture. So uh, make sure you put that in the show notes, Mike. I will. Another uh, mail that we've had is from Philip. He says, hi, Elaine and Mike. Glad you're back after your short break. <clears throat> we have quite a few short breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Just listening to your podcast episode 40. And to come to O2's defence, I changed my tariff a month ago, as you can do this on a £45 contract. And I now have an online Simplicity 20 contract with unlimited web bolt-on. Maybe for next time you should just ring O2 customer support free from your iPhone as this took 10 minutes to set up and it all worked fine. The only change I had to do was uh, in the settings general cellular data and that was to change my APN to mobile.o2.co.uk. Ah, if only it were ever that simple. Keep listening for Steve's experience. Well, that's the other thing. You know, we do it for, for the listeners, don't we? We do. Yeah, we suffer. Put ourselves out for you mm, guys. Exactly. On another topic, um, this is a continuation of, uh, of his Oh, yes, comment. make clear this isn't me saying this, <laughs> won't you? On another comment earlier in the show, Mike didn't download lesbian vampire killers, yet he's happy to do adult jokes between the two of you. And the... Do we do adult jokes? No. <laughs> Keep the banter going as it's good fun. I personally think Apple did a good job on 12 Days of Christmas as there's such a wide customer base out there. Well, that's you told then. It is. Uh, we're not an adult podcast, are we? Not that I was aware of. I'm continuing again, Philip. Uh, I've just got to make sure everyone knows this isn't me. That it's 
Yeah. Just a note to Elaine, did you have a look at Recall for putting your spoken notes via email into OmniFocus? I did, actually. I, do you know when I set that up? I set that up outside O2 while I was looking after the dog, while you were in there trying to persuade them to switch our contracts. I'm still refining my OmniFocus system, but yes, it seemed to work. So um, I've just gone on to some sneaky peeks, uh, which are sort of early Alfre Beta-ish things for OmniFocus and they've changed lots of things. So um, I, I should cover that, shouldn't I, when I've set up my, my perfect system. I should share that. Yeah. He finishes off by saying, I'd love to hear more about your Mac mini server setup as I'm moving all my DVDs into digital at the moment and I stream them from my link station to my PS3. But the menu setup on the PS3 is rubbish and I was thinking of getting a mini and using Plex. Thanks for a great broadcast, Philip. Actually, I'm not really using the mini that I got at Christmas as a media server. Um, it's got Snow Leopard server on it, so it's more of a business machine. But I am actually in the process of setting up a media server with various applications, Plex of which is one of them. So um, I'll talk about that more in the future. We look forward to it. Steve also contacted us about his iPhone contract issues. And uh, this is a good one, isn't it? Yes, unless you're poor Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he, he, he tells us that his contract ended in mid-November and he moved at that point to O2 Simplicity 20 tariff. And he said then that having read the Simplicity 20 for iPhone tariff, um, which was um, a piece I did on my blog, um, he wrote an email to O2's customer support because there is a difference between O2's Simplicity 20 and O2's Simplicity 20 for iPhone. As we, we oh, it. we know, don't we? We know. Yeah, you're, you seem to be automatically put on the wrong tariff. Anyway, um, he got a reply and he copied and pasted this reply. So it's going to be quite difficult for me to read this. Um, you'll see why when I finished. Right. The reply was, I'm sorry to tell you that this tariff is only for the existing iPhone customers who are already have a contract with us and eligible to change their tariff. There is spelt incorrectly. As you're not on iPhone contract, then sorry, you not eligible for this. I hope I've explained your clearly. <laughs> yeah, so he said, no, I've not suddenly got really bad at typing. That was cut and paste from the actual reply. Something tells me those 16 year olds are there again. So um, he then, he didn't give up. So um, he'd read the blog post. Don't give up, I said. Um, he did ring customer service, which was what Philip was suggesting. And as I suggested, he went for retentions because they did seem to know what they were talking about. Sadly, not the one that Steve spoke to. Um, the lady that he spoke to vehemently defended what had been said in the email and um, actually went to great lengths to get rid of Steve, offering to give him a pack number to uh, leave and go elsewhere rather than making the change. Um, he asked for her name and guess what? She didn't want to tell him. I really hate that. That's, that's poor service as well. You know, I'm really bad when there's poor service. This is why you do all the shopping related stuff. <laughs> do you remember that fight I got into in uh, Morrison's about the tins of peas? You see, I'm not fit to be let out shopping. It's, it's just not, not on. Anyway, Steve said he then waited five minutes and rang back hoping to get to speak to somebody else. I do that. <laughs> ah, but you see, what happens to me is during that five minutes, I, I'm sticking pins in something. <laughs> I really do have... I told you, I'm a bear of very little patience. Anyway, he speaks to somebody else who said she saw no reason that he couldn't move to the tariff in question and went on to process it. So, um... 
it went through and uh, everything's all right now. But as he says, O2 really do need to get some consistency across the board. Um, but he says there's always one person that's going to be more reasonable, but try not to disclose your number until you feel it's going your way um, because you don't want your previous staff comments going on the account against you. And he's quite right. Um, I had that with Vodafone um, either. When, it, when what had been decided was in my favour, it never seemed to be added to the account. And when what was uh, added was me getting somewhat short-tempered with them, that always seemed to go on the account. <laughs> yeah, so uh, me and Vodafone, not good. Um, but Actually, today, today, uh, when I was ringing around uh, and I rang O2, the first thing he asked me was for my phone number. Now, I'd already gone through the dial one for this dial two when you're an existing customer. So they, they knew I was an existing customer. And I thought maybe they'll give me a better deal. So I gave him my number. Um, yeah, this was the guy wiping his, his nose and his sleeve. <laughs> But yeah, I'd, I'd literally only put the phone down and my phone buzzed and it was a text from O2 saying, you know, thank you for calling customer service. Oh, yes, I got lots of those. Yes, they were yeah. asking me what I thought of their customer service, but I deemed it wise not to go back and get embroiled in that. Uh, you know, because the customer service, the lady in the shop was fine, but it wasn't her fault that they'd not trained her at all. So anyway, um, I have had cause to contact O2 again, this time to change my father over to um, the iPhone Simplicity Tariff. Uh, he got his phone a couple of months after us. Um, you can change in the last month of your deal. And he has just gone into the last month of his deal. And I have to say, um, I, I took my own advice. I rang them. Uh, I actually rang them from his phone. So um, th there was no problem with, uh, you know, who are you or whatever, because I was ringing on somebody else's behalf. Um, I got straight through to retentions. And the guy was great. I explained to him who I was and why I was calling on behalf of my father. And could we please make this really simple? And uh, it seemed to be. The only thing that concerned me, uh, it took about 10 minutes to update the tariff. And uh, I checked online and yes, it says Simplicity 20 for iPhone. So that looked well. My only concern was about three hours later, my father toddles into me and says, I've just had a text from O2. I don't know what this is all about. So he gives me the phone. I looks at it and it says, thank you for your order. We've dispatched it. Please keep your eye on the post for the next two days. And I said, well, there's nothing to send. So I don't know what's going to turn up. Um, we, we've had confirmation so far that the tariff's been confirmed, but I'm wondering if they're going to send us a phone like that uh, lady that we follow on Twitter, who's now got a whole collection of them from O2. They just repeatedly keep sending her new phones. Can't be bad. Well, that would be all right, wouldn't it, if you could flog them on eBay? But I think they might want them back when they realise the error of their ways. <laughs> so my second, uh, well, it wasn't the second, was it? That must have been about the fifth time. But yes, uh, that was a completely new um, changing of a contract. And that seemed to go much better. I'd imagine by now, being honest, the retentions department must have dealt with thousands of them. So they do seem to know what they're doing now. And in 10 minutes, it was all sorted. It's just us being trailblazers for these things, isn't it? Like you said, we must try it out for the listeners so they don't have to endure the horrors of the shops that we do. OK, on to events. Yeah, well, can I just say first, we had a fantastic night covering that iPad announcement. Um, we were all in the MacBytes chat room and chat room was full, actually. Wow, there's so many people in there. And it was great to chat with everybody. Um, we, I think the last time we did it was the iPod event and we were all very disappointed by that. So... Um, this time it was fabulous. We uh, had live coverage that we took from somewhere else. We kept losing it and it's, ah, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? And then we all stayed around, had a chat and discussed uh, when we would be purchasing. 
So uh, that was fantastic. So thank you everybody who turned up for that. It was really, really great. We must do it again when, when they announce something else. Oh, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. I better <laughs> hand over to you because I'm sure the next thing that you're going to talk about will really cool my ardour, as it were. I'm sure it will, yes. Um, this Thursday, 25th of February, um, we'll be running a live event and we're taking a look at running Windows 7 on a Mac. Uh, so hop over to macbytes.co.uk slash live. We start at 8 o'clock uh, GMT, but log in early for some pre-event chat and hang around afterwards too for some more chat. Yeah, and um, following week, we've decided hot on the heels of the iPad event that we had such a good time that we're going to go for a geeky chat. So um, same place. This time it'll be... Uh, 7.30 for 8 on the 4th of March. So if you just fancy, come along for a chat, ask some questions, see behind the scenes at MacBytes. So um, 4th of March, 8pm, macbytes.co.uk slash live. And you can, if you want to know all about all these events, without even having to listen. No, 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 we don't want to tell them that, do we? We don't want to tell them not to listen. But anyway, uh, you can subscribe to the MacBytes calendar and the instructions for doing that uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but it's macbytes.co.uk slash the-macbytes-calendar. And um, there's instructions for subscribing via all sorts of um, calendar apps in there. So um, go along and have a look at that. But most importantly, before we disappear anywhere, Jane. Yes, Jane73, the wonderful Jane. Jane came over from Australia for a flying visit, uh, actually to the Liverpool tweet-up in December, and sadly... We didn't make it. We were very disappointed. And now I've seen what Jane has been up to. Oh, even more disappointed. That would have been so good to share, Jane. So I think I should let everybody else in on the secret. Right, Mike has in front of him a plastic bag, don't you? Don't open it yet. Ah, ah, ah. I'm not opening it. No, but you're fondling it. I'm fondling it in front of the microphone so the listeners know it's genuine. <laughs> oh, it's genuine, all right. And Mike has no idea what is in there yet. Yes, um, Jane, Jane, I think it's brilliant. I, I, am, I, I can't say how fabulous it is. I do hope Mr Jane's listening to this. If not, we'll take a pause, go and get Mr Jane. Yes, he's probably still celebrating Everton's win, I would have thought. Right, now, I'm sure Mr Jane is with us there now. Right, so Jane and Mr Jane, fabulous. Absolutely fabulous what you found. So, Mike, without further ado, open your gift from Jane. Oh, all excited. Oh, you'll be excited, all, all right. All excited. Now, before you go any further, you've got to agree. Can you see it? I haven't opened it. You've got to agree that you will do whatever yeah. I say with it. Go on, agree, agree. Okay. Right, open it. <laughs> like this we wish it was a video we wish it was a video podcast that is fantastic right so now what mm. i insist you do with it is put it on yes listeners jane has managed to acquire not one but two thongs for mike and he will without adult further ado. thongs yes, yes no adult thongs yes no less i was wondering about the size and how she worked that out anyway uh, as i was saying so i insist that you now Put the thongs on live I'll on the put podcast. The on. Okay, I'll put the thongs on. <laughs> now, I also insist when said podcast is 
put to bed, as it were, that you let me take pictures of you wearing <laughs> said thong and put them in the show notes. Okay. You do realise that Minster's just brought back his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. Right, you heard it here. He's going to let me take a picture of him in Jane's thong. Well, not Jane's thong, as it were, obviously. <laughs> the thong from Jane. <laughs> We're going to get taken off air. We really are. <clears throat> right, so uh, that will be on the show notes as well. So people, don't miss it. And we will discuss that further next week when you have seen Mike in um, said beautiful thong. So thank you very much, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Yes. Thank you, Jane. That's wonderful. You're sniggering. I can tell you're sniggering. <laughs> I always know. <laughs> it's a good job we're not in the same room. <laughs> well, on that note, that's uh, all for this episode of Matt Bites. And uh, whilst a little of Elaine goes a long way... What? You can hear more of her in the guest slot on Matt Crack episode 68. Yes, it's a special crossover recording known as Crack Bites episode one. Yeah, as always, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, comments and queries by email to macbytesuk at gmail.com or even send us an audio file. Or you could even take Andy's lead and send us a review of some hardware or software you like or loathe. There's a contact form on the website, so that's another way you can get hold of us and tell us what you think. And if you're feeling inspired, you could always add a review of Macbytes in iTunes. And a big thanks to those of you who have. Yeah, don't forget to check out the website, macbytes.co.uk, with pictures of me and my thong. Absolutely. Maybe not. Uh, Twitter, macbytes.com. Start again. (laughs) (laughs) The thong's gone to your head. I'm not cutting that out, you know. Carry on. Macbytes.com slash Twitter. Twitter.com slash macbytes. And you can follow me personally. I've gone now. You can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. Oh, well done. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. So until the next time, this has been Mike and Elaine bringing you Matt Wright. Goodbye and see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> right, where's the camera? <laughs> Do you think they're ready for it? <laughs>